0: Right. Okay. Ready? No. Ma ma ma. Ma ma Ah! No, That's what I wanted. Fee foe. Fee foe. Fee foe. Fee foe. Bumblebee, 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 bumblebee. M- the way.
1: <laughs> must put on the face. Put on the face.
0: Sorry, Bart. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm Don't
2: tell myself. me sorry.
0: Tell Suzanne, su- Suzanne sorry,
2: because I've been recording <laughs> for the last five <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
1: shit. Oh, rubber shit. baby buggy bumpers. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Rubber baby
0: buggy bumpers. Burp, 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 burp.
2: The edition of the Falls Cast brought to you by the Falls Free Press in beautiful Cogal Falls, Ohio. Today, Sunday, October twenty mm-hmm. uh, Apparently, days before it's gonna become winter.
0: No. <sighs>
2: Cold, rainy, bleh. Mm-hmm. well, I heard. I heard even worse. Don't you so, say? Snow?
0: Are you saying Don't the you s word? Say yeah. It? Oh. Sort of a bitch. Boy, not too happy
1: about that. No. No. But it's early enough. It hopefully won't stick.
2: Yeah. We're here with a few of our false casters, including myself, Bart. Yay, Bart. We have Mike. Hola. We had Mike, and then he disappeared. Yeah. We both took a shh. And we have, apparently, Fusan.
1: Fusan.
2: Hello. (laughs) Fusan. Otherwise
1: known as Nancy.
2: Nancy. On this episode, I will be interviewing Amber from the Ohio Metaphysics and Paranormal Research Group here in the Ooh,
0: Falls. That will be really fun.
1: Say that a few times fast.
2: I can't say truth, it once.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I'm like, ah, it's a long name.
2: Even oh, with the abbreviation, oh,
1: oh, oh. it's very O-M-P-R. O-M-P-R. I can do O-M-P-R. with O-M-P-R.
2: O-M-P-R. OMPR. And see, that I just keep mistaking that for N-P-R, and then... Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Two different industries. The
2: Ohio oh,
1: wow.
0: the Ohio, and
2: Minnesota Public
0: Radio.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Minnesota. Eh?
0: Uh, be sure to check
2: out our website. We've got some new articles popping up. You can read we do. my review of Collide's fundraiser this year. Yes. Yes. That was a
0: fun article. How was it? Did it was it? really
2: fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I left probably about three quarters of the way through. Um, mostly because it was getting late. Hmm. Um yeah. but I mean I stay for everything going on. There was a lot of last minute additions that were really good. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And was
1: then Matt it's Weiss, just, was just Matt funded. juggling stuff.
2: Uh not literally, but yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> juggling bowling pins. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Sorry, Bart.
2: No, for everything that that all the members of Collide do, it's amazing what they accomplish.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And that's their only fundraiser year round.
0: Oh, I hope that they um earned a lot of money because that is a great organization. I really think that that's it's pretty fantastic what they do.
2: It is. And with they still paid all the artists and performers that night. So, wow. oh, really. You know, that's yeah. basically what basically they use last year's fundraiser money and part of that went to paying everyone for that night. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: That's great.
2: So they they were they, they you know there's no asking you know hey can you do this for free for the same mm-hmm. part. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah.
0: It's exposure.
2: No. <laughs> no. Oh, do you want to do this do this year long job for free just so you get three <laughs> credit hours?
0: <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. No, thank you. And then have to pay to do that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's what we do here. <laughs>
1: see what you did there uh you like that i'm uh, picking up what you're putting down
0: uh-huh. and you know speaking
2: of if you want to do the very same thing
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey,
3: you everybody. can get a
2: hold of us on our facebook page and our email address Falls Free Press at gmail.com you know if you've got an article idea or yeah. some idea to interview someone let us know
0: please
1: let us can... what about spinach
0: oh geez I'm so sorry for that. Spin extra tail. <laughs> Kale.
1: Oh, jeez! I'm gonna boy. leave that one alone.
0: Oh man! Sorry, vegetable humor. can't
3: help it. Car tell
1: us more? <laughs> oh. Turn it for what?
0: Oh, boy, That is rough fidge
1: oh that was that was quality <laughs> that was quality
0: <laughs>
1: got me on that one that was, that was good that was Gosh, solid
0: thanks air high five guys
1: Whoop. air high five Whoop. sorry bart how is everybody this week
0: <laughs> I can't doing good. Back that.
1: <laughs> good segue
0: yes we're <sighs> good yeah, nothing too exciting, too much. We got to visit our daughter um, at college yesterday and went out, went down there and visit her. And she's doing great and just having, you know, fun time. It weekend. Yes, it's just, it's rainy and ugh out there. So going to stay indoors and indoors, yeah. indoors, indoors.
1: Take you it away, Penny. SpongeBob is 44 years old or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we
0: are he showed me that and I'm Random, like, but. <laughs> well, I sang the song, so. Well, that, that,
2: I mean, that happens when, you know, you work as a fast food retailer. for some <laughs> old, that Yeah, it was
1: like somebody was like, well, he was of the month for 340 some months in the movie yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that puts him at this age. And then he was 14 when he got his boating license. And so, yeah. shit, he's old.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which again, is really young to be getting a boating license. <laughs> That's what I thought. And like, shouldn't it be like 15 and a half? Come on. Also, I thought um, I thought he was a
2: bit older than that because it took him so long to get that voting life.
1: True. Yeah. True.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of logic behind it, but what are you going to do? Uh, now they put
2: my picture. This past Monday, uh, very similar but more extravagantly to the heat debacle, mm-hmm. uh, there is a complaint set city council over a new medical marijuana dispensary coming to State Road.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is there a lot of community voicing against it or for it or?
2: Uh, it was. Sort of a but it's four residents came with signatures opposing the dispensary. Three residents addressed council and voiced their displeasure about the business, about such a business of this nature being placed so close to their neighborhood.
0: Oh, goodness sakes. Clutch okay. your pearls. You know, I, <laughs> do they complain about bars? I mean, there are bars all down State Street, right? Yeah. And they're going to complain about this. And it just shows. And pizza places. So
2: many p- <laughs> pizza places.
0: Yeah. yeah. So many pizza
2: places. Are and- you worried about your house? Because I can tell you not only the exhaust
0: from those pizza ovens, but just eating the pizza in general uh-huh. is dangerous <laughs> to your house. All the fast food, the KFCs, and and all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's just really kind of proves that the whole you know 80s movement of you know just say no crap really kind of got into our consciousness, right? I mean, it just they demonized marijuana so much, and it's just it's just really absurd because they're focusing on this this medical marijuana. Facility, which means you have to have a prescription from a doctor to get this. It's not like people are just randomly walking in there and getting it. Um, well, let's say issue two passes, and now you know you legalize marijuana. I, I think that uh, I support. I support um, issue two. Be, and I think the reason why I'm really supportive of it is because we have so many people sitting in jail because of minor marijuana charges and if you do any kind of research on it and this has been studied quite a bit that it is actually less dangerous for you than alcohol you have so many people that are going to talk about i mean you work you work in a business right and people are talking about going out and having a couple drinks with their coworkers and that's completely socially acceptable but people's lives have been damaged and um ruined because of alcohol use. People drink and drive all the time. People have died because of it. People their liver has been destroyed because of it. Families have been destroyed over alcohol use. There are so many negative things about alcohol, but we continue to allow it to happen. And we have bars all over the place and it's just extremely acceptable. But you bring in marijuana and people are like, "Oh my god, it's the devil's juice. It's 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 horrible." But it's been proven to actually help people for medical purposes. I mean, you have children that have um, cancer and they're going through horrific treatments or seizures or um, PTSD or, you know, a number of things that it's actually proven to give people a quality of life back. And they are just so nervous about it being close to their home. Yet there's a bar literally like what across the street from it. Yeah. And they're not, they don't have a problem with it. To me, it just, I it's don't want to say hypocrisy. that
1: hypocrisy.
0: it's hypocrisy and I just don't think they're thinking it through very much. I mean, they're buying into this whole, like, you know, the, the devil's juice and all that stuff. I mean, it, the whole eighties and the, um, war on, on drugs thing was really detrimental to the minority, um, citizens of our country. Right. I mean, you, it was, it was essentially an attack on, the black community and taking them down. And if you do any kind of research or any kind of historical research on why this was such a big deal, you'll see what I'm talking about. And it just has been like ingrained in us, uh, people that are like our generation of how horrific it is. And it's just the, 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 the amount of people of color that are in prison right now because of a minor drug abuse is astonishing and you can see that it just, it, there's this, this whole, am I making sense? I'm I feel like I'm rambling, but it's kind of frustrating. Well, it's, it's
1: more of a, it's a minor drug charge. You phrased it minor drug abuse. Uh, it, Sorry. Right,
0: thank you. Yes. Yeah.
1: Everything's criminalized. You know, it, if you could decriminalize it and there are a lot of things that like my opinion on it is a lot of people want to sit there and you immediately think of somebody, you know, ripping bong hits and getting completely stoned or whatever, but there's more medicinal purposes, you know, you have Mm -hmm. with the edibles and with the sows and with other things other than just, you know, smoking the flower. There's other uses and other ways to get, you know, tinctures and stuff to get those compounds into the body that don't have necessarily the psychoactive effects that everyone thinks of when you're written doing bong hits. But I mean, you know, the the higher levels of the, the actual CBDs and like with the terpenes and, you know, lower levels of the THC that can, you know, take out the psychoactive component of it and actually help you physically, you know, that that's what people aren't looking at. They're just thinking people are going to walk in and get ripped, you know, whenever they want. But it's also those facilities are extremely regulated, extremely well run. Everything yeah. is so isolated. It's like you can't just, even if, you know, issue two passes and it becomes legal, it, you're still going to have to go through, I don't want to say the, the hoops and the hurdles, but I mean, you're still going to have to go through the process to, obtain everything. It's not like you're just going to walk in, grab a six pack of beer or whatever at the grocery store and walk out. You're still going to have to go in. I don't know if you're still going to have to check Discount in. Discount drug market down the
0: street. To,
1: yeah. Yeah. Saves you the run around. You're still going to have to go through and <laughs> check in and probably, you know, do the whole whatever. And then you're have to wait and they have to take you through the doors. You're, you're still going to have to go through these processes. And it's just, I, I don't think these people or the, the opponents of it sit there and want, and want to actually look at it that way. It's not like you're going to be going going down to the local store and grabbing a six pack, you know, there, there's still processes that need to be followed. It's still going to be safe, you know, Granted, Yes, it's in a residence, but you know, you have jeans drive through right across the street. You can drive uh-huh. through, pick up a six pack, pick yeah. up a case yep. or whatever and, and yeah. drive on out. That's not how this works at any of the dispensaries. No, there's still, you know, very highly regulated procedures you have to go through to get it, you know, and most of them that I've seen have some form of an armed officer or guard or whatever, you know, right at the exit. So it's not like you're going to have anybody and anyone just walking up whenever they want, you know, it's, I'm for it. You know, yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that have, you know, PTSD and a lot of, you know, chronic health issues that can be alleviated with medical marijuana or mm-hmm. any, you know, versus taking some, you know, hydrocodone or oxycodone or something that's prescribed, mm-hmm. which is highly mm-hmm. addictive. Yep. And you know, that is more socially acceptable. Of, oh, I got some back pain. I'm gonna go take pop some pills. That's more acceptable than taking something that's a natural product. Right. That, you know, can be metabolized through your system and out of your system within time versus something that could possibly get you addicted to it. And now mm-hmm. you are stuck having that. And you're if you can't get that, you're searching for other things. Right. So It's, I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's not a gateway drug. I mean, there are ones out there and even prescription drugs that are "Quote unquote, a gateway drug," like Mike was talking about. If you prescribe something like oxycodone, um, and it has that addicting um, effects on you, and you can't get it at your medical doctor anymore, you're searching for something else, right? Because you're going through that withdrawal and that high from it. It's not marijuana doesn't do that to you. And I think that having this, I mean, we have a medical uh, marijuana facility in Chapel Hill, and there's been absolutely no issues with it. There, there's no You know, statistically, you can look at it and say, has this caused any problems? And I just wonder if a lot of people even know it's there. It's very quiet, it's very reserved. You don't even know that it's there. And that's right by there's apartments right there. So it's close to a residential area as well. So you can just kind of look at the statistics and see other states that have legalized it or have medical dispensaries around you and see if the crime has risen. And it hasn't. I mean, it's just proven that it hasn't. So, I don't know how you really battle that because I'm not saying that these people are just, you know, ignorant and they're stupid and they, they don't know what they're talking about. I think they just no, bought into this cultural that marijuana is bad. Marijuana is bad. Mm, it, okay.
1: It's another issue of, you know, oh, I'm not necessarily against it, but I don't want it in my backyard. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it's. I don't, I wanna, I don't want a church point.
0: in my backyard because I think churches do more. Oh man, this is going to be bad. But I think churches do more damage than a marijuana dispensary, yeah, you mean, know, and I don't want that in my backyard. I don't want to see, you know, I don't want to see another bar coming up. And, you know, I think alcohol has done more damage than marijuana has. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's just perspective, you know, and I get and that. It's
1: so it's the, the, the people who want to sit there and complain on social media about, Well, we don't have businesses in the area, but yet when there's a business that wants to come in, but it's not the business they want.
0: It's not the right type of business.
1: I didn't know we had an HOA here in Coggle Falls that everyone (laughs) had to go with, you know, their building had to look this way you know, they had to do this. They had to do that. Yes, there are rules and regulations on, you know, what you can and can't do, but to sit there and, you know, complain about, oh, we have no business coming in, but no, this one's going to come in. Oh, we don't want that one here. Right. You know, Right. well. You want your cake or you want your you know it's right I don't know. and
0: what is this I mean the assumption that the city council can even do anything about it I mean we, it just seems like it's really It's kind the of same dispersed. case as the sheets the sheet yep.
2: you know the building was for sale the space was for sale sheets purchased it they went through all the right all the rules and right. regulations because they had their space was bigger they did what they had to do found out they couldn't do one thing so they adapted
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I think there was one argument against that, though, is in the ORC that there was something that you have to or you can fight against the dispensary in a certain area, you know, if the residents don't want it. But I think that was, I forget what the exact writing on that was. You know, but I remember the people were talking about in the Ohio Revised Code, there was something about, you know, what can and can't be in a residential area or some crap.
0: Is that a residential area? Is it That that isn't dictated as a residential area, right? But I think it was within
1: a certain area of residential stuff. You know, I I don't Mm -hmm. remember what the rules were on a dispensary. You know, somebody posted what the actual ORC listed, and I I can't remember what the the stuff was. The sheets thing was there was no argument there. I mean, yeah, the variances there, I mean… It was zone C1 and it was CH commercial highway back before 2005. I mean, there, there's, there's no argument. Like Bart said, I mean, it was just variances. You wanted a bigger canopy, you wanted an extra pump, even though they wanted two extra pumps and a much larger canopy, you know, and then the noise is going to be, you know, fixed and whatnot. But I'm like, they were all well within their rights to do pretty much whatever they wanted. You know, just because you moved in next to a, a commercial zone, that's on you, you know. But this one, I, I think there was some, dare I say, ammunition that they could— fight it a little bit, but I don't remember what the actual verbiage is in the ORC. But again, I don't think there's really much merit to their argument. You know, it's it's a commercial property. It's already in process. It is. You know, yeah. and no one wanted to sit there and say anything before it was even, you know, ground was broken or anything was done. And now once people are like, oh, I wonder what's going in there. And they look into it. They're like, oh, I don't want that here. Well, mm-hmm. damage is already done. You know, I mean, it's they're already in the process, you know, but. But like you said, I would much rather have that than another bar mm-hmm. or a church, you know, mm-hmm. I mean.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, I know that when I say that, that's a little bit of a triggering word and people get really defensive on that. But I mean, my argument is, is that if, if you're looking at the, the damaging that um, is done to children, then and you're focusing on one specific thing that has statistical proof that it's not a damaging to children. But then you look at all these other industries out there that are and you're not fighting. I mean, heck, we just had another mass shooting, you know, and we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk about what we can do about it. It's just this weird focus on things that just seem like, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me. And a lot of these arguments and these people that are against it are typical. And I don't mean to lump everybody in together. But it seems typical of these are the people that are like small government people, right? They want a small government, but then they want people to be the government to come in there and tell a business what they can and cannot do. It just doesn't make yeah. sense to me.
1: Or the government doesn't work fast enough. It's like, yeah, there well, are processes and it is government, yeah. there's a lot of red tape. There are budgets that are drawn and things that need to be, you know, done in order and in process and just cuz you may or may not see it doesn't mean it's not slotted. Yeah. yeah. or slated to be done. But
0: Ooh, we you went on a plane because,
1: yeah, sorry. a little <laughs> tiry there, a little sidetrack.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> because it's not
1: happening as fast as you want it to happen. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's not on the board, you know, Yeah. or on yeah. the books.
0: Well, it's too bad um, the mules aren't with us or whatever, because I know that they have some good. Um,
1: they have um, good arguments and strong. They have good well. arguments
0: yeah. and they, you know, have. They that, speak on it better than I can. Medical <laughs> background. Know? Yeah. Which end of for being able to talk about it. But um, yeah, I think that ugh, I don't know. I don't know. I sympathize with the people that are arguing with it, because I know that, like I said, there was a very, very strong in the 80s and stuff like that about the just say no. And sure. it was pretty much our brainwashed us into thinking like, you know, they're putting uh, drugs and candy, free drugs and candy woo woo, yeah. and Halloween time. And mm-hmm. all of these this fair fear tactic tactics when it comes to marijuana. Um, well, you just
1: even, go, uh, all the dispensaries, you know, are highly regulated as far as their time, time of sales. Yeah. You can't oh, go yeah. past five o'clock. You yeah. know, it's like everything shuts down at five. You cannot have any transaction happening after five. And most of the places that I know of, they're very stringent on that because if it happens past that, they Mm -hmm. lose their ability to, you know, dispense
0: licenses. Yeah. And it's like, even if you're in the building and you're sitting there and if you don't check out by five o'clock, even if you have the product, they have it ready. If they don't do that transaction, you can't do it. So they're Mm -hmm. very, very specific on what they can and cannot do. I mean, banks don't even want to work with, with with um any kind of marijuana dispensary. And that's thing, the thing, yeah, because you know, it's
1: not federally, you know, deregulated accepted, or it's not federally yeah. accepted. So yeah, yeah, no banks will, you know, it's all cash only. You know, yeah. and it's
0: which that would make me a little bit more nervous. If you're talking about somebody who's walking into a medical dispensary and they know, you know, if someone's gonna rob it's somebody, cash. it's yeah. all cash and you're you're holding a bunch of money because it's not cheap. This no. is not a cheap thing to get. I mean, it's definitely cheaper to go and just get a bottle of um, vodka to try to dull your pain. But also than go over it, there it, and...
1: at this rate, it's like I would much rather purchase from somewhere where I know it's regulated, it where it's grown and all this stuff versus oh gosh, buying something yeah. off the street that yeah. could potentially be laced. You know, and yeah. you want to talk about, you know, the dangers and the safety of it. It's like, you know, if people want to use and it is available, it's better to go to somewhere where it's a dispensary where you know exactly Mm -hmm. what it is what strain it is what exactly is in it what the percentages of everything are versus buying something off the street where you have no fucking clue what it is you know i
0: mean you could have fentanyl laced in it i mean it's a very it's a fear you know with with our children you know having a child that's in college and an older one that has graduated several years now but there's still that fear. We had this conversation with with them. It's like I, I mean, you're gonna do marijuana. I, I don't really care. I don't mm, really care. Yeah. And but the fear of it is, is that if they get it off of somebody, you know, I got it from a buddy who got it from a buddy who got it from mm-hmm. a buddy kind of thing. You don't know what's in it, and you know, you have traces of fentanyl in it, and it kills people. It, mm-hmm. And there's a fear of fentanyl so much and that's a that's a real legitimate fear because it just a small little amount can kill people mm-hmm. and it could easily be slipped into because you don't know where you're sourcing this from it could be in the same area that somebody's doing other stuff in and it's getting mixed and people mm-hmm. can die from it or this even is if like, you
1: do know your person that you're buying from they could still they get it the where they got it they from. don't know yeah you know yeah, yeah
0: it's just it's just, i mean i guess i look at this as like how we you kind of went through this we went through this in the prohibition period mm-hmm. right we we went through these arguments as a society And we decided that it was better to open back up and say that you can drink alcohol because they could regulate it. And let's talk about taxes. Taxes, taxes, taxes. How
1: much tax revenue does
0: that bring in? (laughs) It brings in a crap ton of tax revenue. I mean, that's the thing that you kind of have to look at. If you legalize it or whatever, you're going to bring in a lot of revenue for that. I mean, look at Mm -hmm. Michigan. Look at other states that have been able to legalize it and what they can do with that money. Mm -hmm. It's just I, I mean, I think there's a lot of positive to it and not a lot of negative to it. And that's my two cents. So the
1: negatives are mostly based upon stigmas that we had, like you said, growing up and everything else. Yes. For decades, you know,
0: drilled into us. Just say no, just "Just say no, just say no. Yeah. 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 The fear of it so much that is just driven into us. You know, the DARE programs, you know, Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, this. (laughs) you smoke marijuana once and then you're addicted to it for the rest of your Smoking life and then you're going to cigarettes. go do heroin and cocaine and you know all that stuff and it's like it's just not true it's just not true all right moving on sorry bart
1: <laughs> rambling on sorry
0: Woo! you're gonna to have to cut some of that out <laughs>
2: The Service Complex on Bailey Road will be having organic waste collection bins beginning tomorrow through so the rest of the year to collect pumpkins, gourds, straw, hay, mums, and corn stalks in an effort to prevent organic m- material from going to landfills and, in turn, help compost useful materials. Hmm. Now, this isn't for food scraps. This is Just for these items. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. What a great idea. I mean, that is a fantastic idea because I know that when the kids were little and we carved the pumpkins and stuff, what do you do? You throw it in the trash or you, you know, if you have oh, a big enough property. you throw it in the street,
1: duh. You oh, smash it yeah. all over the street or oh, your neighbor's okay. driveway or, oh, sorry. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, what yeah. I heard.
0: That's what your friends were doing, not you, when you were a good yes, little boy. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a great idea. I mean, it's useful and you can compost it and. I don't know, are they going to, does it say anywhere what they're going to use with it? Or are they going to, I'm just curious about
1: this. Probably just go into the pile, you know. Yeah. And then, then,
0: then do that what? Up.
1: Oh, yeah. probably turn yeah. around and use it for, uh,
2: you know. There is no information on the city's website currently.
1: Uh, okay. Rubber
2: City Reuse will compost all user material, usable material. But unusable material, I'm not sure. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Well, I think, I mean, maybe it's going to go to some of the community gardens, you know, or who knows with, with all the all the pretty flowers that Cuyahoga Falls puts on. Maybe they can use some of it. I don't know. It's a great idea.
1: It, it is. It's via, uh, Rubber City. What was it? Rubber City Reuse. Is that what it was called? Yes. Because they were the ones I know they did. The uh, residents could do like a little five gallon bucket or something like that and they could turn it in and then you ended up getting like a bag of compost mm-hmm. the next season or something like that. So I'm sure it's just going to go into that mix.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, that's true. I forgot about that. So you could just bring them a five. Uh, what is, do you know?
1: I forget. I think it was something you had to contact them and you get a, like a, I don't want not say a special bucket, but something that was like marked by them or or whatever. And you mm-hmm. basically you keep throwing your stuff in there, and you take it over to them, and I don't know if you just dump it or you swap it or what. And hmm. after so many or whatever, you got like what was it a half cubic yard bag or something like that? You know, which is like a, just a big bag of compost. But I'm like, if it's high quality compost, yeah, that goes a long way. You know.
0: Yeah, organic too. So
1: yeah. yeah, I mean it's, I mean,
0: it's never-
1: perfect for your little small garden, in your containers. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're not gonna do your whole yard with it, but it's something. You know.
0: Maybe we should look into doing that this year. Maybe. I eat bananas every day. Can they take banana peels, things like that? I believe so. Well, we'll have to look yeah. into that.
2: You just don't, don't take those to the city because that's not what <laughs> they're looking for right
1: now. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Just drive by Bart's house and throw them at Bart.
0: Here you go, Bart. Here's all my banana peels.
1: <laughs> banana peel is windshield. What happens
0: if I slip on that banana peel? Ah, like, well, what happened? Somebody records it because that's just funny. Does
1: that's it come with funny. the uh, little sound effect? that The old Tom and Jerry or Bugs Bunny.
2: Yep. Next, uh, Pennsylvania man Shane John Paul White was indicted by federal courts this week on charges of drug tampering. He worked at a distribution center where he swapped out oxycodone hydrochloride with Tylenol and aspirin. Hmm. Which was then sent off to pharmacies, including Kleins. Uh, when Kleins staff received them, received a tampered bottle two years ago. They immediately reported it to the distribution center, so all the customers in this area were safe.
0: Well, that's good. I'm glad that they were um, able to notice that before it was distributed. I mean, I mean Tylenol is not going to hurt anybody, but it's not going to give you what you need, right? No. No. <laughs> I mean, if you're like in that much pain that you're supposed to have that, I don't think Law is going to be touching that. No.
1: Tylenol yeah. and aspirin aren't going to cut it. No. I mean, I, the, the oxycodone hydrochloride, I mean, it's a little better, but I mean, it's, you know, that's what I had after my knee surgery, you know, and it's, I had that in Percocet. But uh, I mean, yeah, takes the edge off, but Tylenol and aspirin wouldn't do it, so.
0: Not at that, yeah, no, no, not right after your surgery, that's for sure.
1: No, no.
2: <laughs> and finally, there's now a new Lowe's Outlet store at Chapel Hill Plaza, one of only 14 in the country. Uh, they basically sell moderately damaged, slightly used and discontinued products. Uh, not straight from the low store, but still, you know, you get some good deals.
1: It's actually not too bad, yeah.
0: Yeah. Mike and I um visited it a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, was it was it a two week weeks ago. ago like yeah. That. And I mean they had a lot of refrigerators, a lot wow. of like washers and dryers, and you know, a few microwaves and ovens. So yeah, we were looking uh, around. A lot of
1: it was fridges. That surprised me how many. I mean, half the store was probably refrigerators. And yeah.
0: And <laughs> it like, really was. hell?
1: I mean, some are yeah. really damaged. Yeah. But you know, other ones were just minor. Yeah. You know I mean, were mm-hmm. livable. They might have a small dent on the side, but majority of people's fridges are tucked away against a wall or next to a stove anyway. So it's like, are you really going to notice it? You know, you're mm-hmm. getting a twenty-five hundred dollar side by side for fifteen hundred bucks. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. it's or less. Some of them were even, you know, basic ones where, you know, the upper lowers were what uh, Mm -hmm. 800,000, which Mm -hmm. I mean, wasn't bad considering they were, you know, you're looking about a thousand bucks off on some of that stuff. And Mm -hmm. some of it was really, I mean, they had plenty of counter depths and, you know, the black stainless steels and some of the newer trends and whatnot, but
0: yeah, they were
1: all pretty good. Or some might have like, you know, a a broken, uh, like a deli meat tray kind of thing. Like the plastic was chipped or whatever, you know, like, you were kind of really had to look at what you were getting, but no, it was a really cool store.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. You can save some money if, if you're, you know, you're okay with it being a little dented there, you know, why not? I mean, appliances aren't only, cheap. You no, know, so. I mean, it's like, you know,
1: the, the only downside I would see is like, you know, like we're debating on redoing our kitchen here soon. And usually you're looking at five grand for an appliance package mm-hmm. and trying to match all the styles and maybe all the, you know, Manufacturers into a cohesive unit, so you have something that kind of works together. It that's a little difficult, you know, it's a little hit or miss. But if you can, the big one was like the fridges. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, stoves, ranges, whatever. You know, around a thousand bucks. Okay, I get that. You know, dishwasher, you know, four to eight hundred bucks. Okay, I could deal with that. A fridge that's anywhere from two thousand to three thousand dollars. It's like if I can get that, you know, specific piece at almost half off, you know. And why yeah. not? You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Definitely check it out if you're in the market for one. Yeah, it's a good place. Mhm.
1: And they deliver too. They did. Uh, I think they did do delivery, and I thought they did takeaway also. Takeaway.
0: Sort of yeah. It was like a yeah, hundred bucks. Yeah. Which
1: isn't bad considering.
0: Mm-mm. You're gonna pay that if not more at a yeah. box store. So. Oh yeah. Yep. Hey guys, guess what time it is? <gasps> bar arts <sighs> bar arts Bart arts bar arts
1: For Stephen. Barts.
0: Oh, that was good. That was good. That was, uh, you know. Oh, well. It's
1: it's not the same. It is not the same.
0: It's not the same.
2: You can spend Halloween at the Tiki Underground patio. That's this Tuesday for a fishy night with an outdoor movie. Fishy night. They'll they'll be playing the original creature from the Black Lagoon and (laughs) serving up shrimp or chicken nachos.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's going to be fun.
2: And coming up here in a few weeks. Nick Offerman is going to be at the Akron Civic,
0: November 15th. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I love him so much. That's going to be a good show. It will be. If anybody who's listening goes to the show, please let us know how it is, because I will live (laughs) through you. He is. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, the tickets weren't cheap. I don't think think so. Uh, I
2: went and looked at prices last night, and I was like, oh,
0: Yay. Yeah, let somebody else go. <laughs> yeah. But I mean he it would it's gonna be a fantastic show. And if anybody goes, I'm jealous and I want to hear all about it. So let us know. Right into the right into the uh Falscast and let us know. Hey Mike, what's that email address?
1: <laughs> Falsefreepress at gmail.com.
0: I do better. It's okay. We'll work on it. Um and then
2: finally I talked about it last week, but Akron Comic Con is coming up next week. At a was party center, just off of state. I looked, and apparently uh, the original voices of Shirley Brown and Lucy are supposed to be there. Shut oh, really? up. Yeah.
0: Seriously?
2: Yeah. As I say that, you know, of course.
0: Dude, was this a dream? I, or is this real?
2: That's what I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I... I have to question sometimes
2: my dreams. Um, the, not the original, original. They played them uh, in mid-70s.
0: Okay, that makes a lot more sense.
1: Because I'm saying, like, what was the, <laughs> <sure> the original? <laughs> a little older.
3: Yeah. But still. You know, yeah, that's the stuff
0: what we grew up good, with. Though. It's what yeah. we grew up with. I mean, the peanuts that we grew up I think that's awesome. Also, uh, Timmy's going to be there uh, from Lassie. No. Timmy Other from
2: where? Timmy. Lassie. <gasps> oh, my He's God. Out of the well. Seriously? He's out of the well. Oh, Timmy. How many times hey.
1: did an idiot fall in the well? <laughs>
0: What is it, Timmy? Does someone fall in the well? I mean, Again? seriously, why don't they just close it up? <laughs> oh, That's cool, though. Little Cuyahoga Falls. Think about that. And remember, it is due
2: on November 10th. If you want to sign up to decorate a parking meter, go to the city's website. Do that now. Cost $20 to sign up. And, you know, get your stuff ready because it's got to be put up by Thanksgiving.
0: I just you know what? I it's it's November next week and I just yeah. can't get that in my head. Wednesday. That is insane. That is yeah. insane. Good grief.
2: <laughs> I do have one weird piece of history. Before Ooh, the end. Weird
1: history. Weird history. But, but
2: during the Korean War the soldiers got were get Tootsie rolls because they didn't melt. Okay. A lot of times those Tootsie rolls were used to repair some of the equipment. And what? then if hmm. if they needed to get to a safer location quick, yeah. where they could, you know, fix things. They the Tootsie Rolls were used like putty to hold stuff together.
3: Oh I can
1: see
0: that. <laughs> I can see that. Clever. All right.
2: Also apparently um they start they came around. I did not know they uh were this old. Nineteen oh five. Oh. Tootsie rolls. Yeah. Hmm. They were named after the creator's daughter. Whose nickname was Tootsie.
0: Oh, okay. That's cool.
1: And College of Worcester gives out a giant Tootsie Rolls.
0: They do. There's some Ooh. kind of history behind that. I'm not sure what it is. Um It
1: was if I remember right, it was the president, I or I can't remember the Dean, whatever. I can't remember what year, started giving those out as a little not a gag, but like, you know, when you turn in your final IS and whatever, it mm-hmm. was you you got a bag Tootsie of Tootsie Roll. Rolls or some yeah. Tootsie Rolls and stuff. It was just something that he was like, Oh, here's something to you know, congratulate you on your accomplishment or whatever. And it was just something not silly, but it was just something. And it just mm-hmm. became a tradition. So now they have the giant Tootsie Roll, everyone that uh, you know turns in their IS and graduates it's they get a the picture with a giant inflatable tootsie, tootsie Roll, roll or yeah. something.
0: Yeah. And then when you turn it in, it's kind of a historical thing. I thought there was some kind of like connection with uh the Tootsie Roll. Yeah that um, and I, don't I don't know. Oh well, well that's, that's okay. Okay. Yeah. So we want to thank our listeners for joining us this week.
2: And we want to thank ONPR for sitting down with us. Stay tuned for that interview right after this. Remember, we do want to hear your ideas for potential interviewees, articles for the paper, comments on the show. You can always shout those out to us at
0: falsefreepress at gmail.com.
2: And also remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Yes, five stars. And and go vote. 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 If these last three, last two, two, three months haven't said it and haven't shown you enough that that's what we mean.
0: We do mean it. Go vote yeah. it. Go vote. Go vote it. Go vote. Go <laughs> vote it. <laughs> go vote <Wow>. it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Go vote. Whether you vote for any of the candidates you heard on the show or a different candidate or a different
0: issue. You know, still go vote. Make your voice heard. Make your voice heard. That's what democracy is about. Is it sort of we can get into that, but (laughs) I don't think we have time for the show. But yes, go vote. I mean, local, local, local issues and things like that is really where you can get your voice heard. It is. I mean, you're talking about government like, you know, the federal government, state and those like that. You know, you do have a bigger pool to, you know, and your vote kind of feels like it doesn't count. But local issues, your votes count so i mean you can have people that you know won an election app because there was like five votes or something you know i yeah go out there and vote there's my there there's my little grandstanding i'll get off my soapbox now it's your soapbox mm-hmm. yep sorry bart that. no you're
2: good for now we'll say goodbye and i'll pjr next time
1: goodbye later
2: this week i'm here with chris and amber from the Ohio Metaphysics and Paranormal Research Group here in the falls. Uh, Thank you for being on the show this week.
3: Well, you're welcome. Thanks for inviting us. Can you tell us a little bit about
2: OMPR and how it came about?
3: Well, um, we were on a, we, us two, we were on a team together before this one. Um, We were on EctoVision Paranormal and that team kind of disbanded about five years ago, and me and another member decided to start this team, and we added a few more people and just kind of kept it going.
2: What was Ectovision? What was sort of basically a similar thing, but with different people?
3: Um, it was different people, but we did documentaries. Um, we went into different places, and we put documentaries together and put them on YouTube.
4: Yeah, if you go to YouTube and you look up Ectovision Paranormal – you'll find a channel and quite a few, at least hour-long videos and some clips of other places. Impressive.
2: And then you formed this group. About how many people are in your current group?
3: Uh, we have five members. Okay. And I guess,
2: sort of, what's your background in the paranormal? Um, well, That's a loaded question.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Both of us kind of grew up with it. I grew up in a house where I, there was were things there and you experience things and you tend to want more answers as to the why behind it. So that's why we do it, that and to help other people who are experiencing things in their homes.
4: Yeah, I grew up the same way. I grew up with it in my home, but um, I kind of grew up with more of a spiritual approach to it um, between being raised Methodist, my father um, practicing Native American beliefs and a path like that. Uh, with shamanism, it, it gave me a different direction and a different uh, look at how that side operates.
2: Yeah, that's sort of a bit from all over the place there.
4: Yeah, from investigating to understanding what you're dealing with and how to deal with it. That's kind of what we do. It isn't just going in and ghost busting. It's it's going in and understanding
2: who and what is there and then what to do about it. And see, that's when it, when it comes to, like, the ghost hunting shows on TV. I prefer the, you know, going in and learning about the location versus, you know, someone like Zach Baggins who just goes in and screams, that's a ghost. <laughs> well,
3: on our old team, on EptoVision, it was actually picked up by Haunted Case Files. And that, the, the while they had our clips, it was still embellished, of course, because, you know, fear sells. Yeah. So we spent the night in a lot of those places, but the shows portray a lot, you know, more darker, which I get it. Um, the places have activity for sure, but a lot of people spend the night there and they don't run off in fear. <laughs> yeah. Well, and
2: at the same time, to get, all, to get half an hour worth of, you know, decent content, that's usually two or three days Absolutely. worth of filming.
3: Yeah, we spend a, na- a night there and they spend a week there, so.
4: Yeah, investigating, especially when you're making a documentary, which we don't really do anymore. When you're doing that, you need to spend multiple days and nights in a location. Um, one, to get enough footage to put out, but it also allows the spirits to get comfortable with you so that you get more activity. Um, which I will go back to places we've investigated multiple times. Madison Seminary, for an example, in Madison, Ohio, we've been there countless times and can get activity every single time we go because we're so, the spirits and things there know who we are.
2: Well, and you know where they are, too. We know where they are, right.
4: And there's new stuff sometimes, but that's just
2: an example. Where have, I mean, you mentioned Madison, where have been some of the places you've investigated?
3: We just did Old Paulding Jail on Friday night, (laughs) so that was that was very. We've been there a couple times. Um, We've been to Hinsdale House in New York,
4: Monroe House in Indiana,
3: um, Fairfield County Infirmary, which is also here in Ohio. Um, Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think. Brownella Cottage, Gill House, those are all here in Ohio. Um,
4: Asher Stone Mansion.
3: Stone mansion oh my gosh we travel all over the place wow yeah we try we travel to new york indiana um that you know if you want to go and you got to expect to go places because they're all over we've been to Wellington heights hospital in pennsylvania um greenville manor when that was open we were there a lot um Helping with that building and helping get it ready and having, you know, we spent a lot of time there. Um, There's so many places.
2: Have you done any investigations here in the area? Yeah. um,
4: We've done a few like local. You know, we've had people call us. We've gone to their homes and helped them to understand what's there, and why things could be happening. Some ideas and some things that they could continue to do that might help ease the situation. Um, nothing that was like malevolent, demonic, nothing like that at all. Um, we haven't really done big, like fun investigations. Usually we're traveling for that. What's been around here has been more homes and residential and people asking for help. And these things are happening. What does it mean? And then we go and, you know, um, to be completely honest with you more, probably half the time, we don't even have to go on a full fledged break out the cameras and equipment and investigate. Um, quite a few members of the team are open and have gifts, and we pick up and we do take a few things in, but we can pretty much nail what's going on. We also research the location. I was Give me the idea. Yeah.
2: We were about to ask, you know, how much goes into doing the investigation?
4: That can get pretty in-depth from, um, you can find a lot of information from the assessor's office If you go to the Summit County Assessor's Office, for example, online, you can find deeds and property information going back into the 80s, maybe even a little bit earlier than that. But if you want to find out who built the house um, or who owned the land or what was there before, you literally have to go downtown to the assessor's office or to the library, break out the books and look at property lines, look at census records. Um, that'll tell you if somebody actually died and passed away in the home or not, who lived there since the time it was built. Um, there's a lot of research that goes into it.
3: We're also helping this Friday at the Lake County Historical Society is doing tours, and we're helping lead um, haunted tours there. So
4: So we don't, they, we've learned a lot about the history of that location. Mm-hmm. So that when you're doing the tour, you can talk about what this part of the building is, what it was used for, when it was built, things like that. So it's not just the fun investigations and helping people, but we also help out like
3: that. Yeah.
4: Lake County Historical <laughs> Society, I think it's a mentor. Willoughby. Willoughby. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. When you talk, you said that uh, some of the people in the group have gifts, can see, you know, stuff like that. Um, What what kind of gifts do you um people in your group have that has helped like other than research?
3: Um, I'm sensitive to spirit. I can feel them. I can feel their emotions. Um, I can see them sometimes when they let me see them. Um, Andrew on our team is sensitive to them too. And she, um, (sighs)
4: she picks up on their energies. Mm -hmm. Um, You got, you got to remember that when a person passes away, it's energy and that energy has specific, feel to it, like feeling cold air or uh, walking into a room and the room just feels off. It feels like angry or it feels happy or something like that. That's an energy that's being given off and she can pick up on those individual energies.
3: And Robin and Justine, they both pick up on energy, too. Um, and he <laughs> can sense stuff, too. So I'm,
4: I'm a little bit of a lot an empath, I can sometimes see them, sometimes hear them. Um, if I can pick up on the energy, I can pick up on pretty much who, what, where, how and why if I delve deep enough. So but I we use it. I let them do it. <laughs> but
2: you know, I agree about the energy. I know there's um, a location over in North Side that there used to be an art gallery upstairs. And the every time going to the restroom in that space, you could always feel something there and it didn't help that the space right across the hall was painted this blood red oh wow so that didn't help you know it already feels freaky and then you go to the restroom and it's like oh
4: <laughs> see and that's something that people don't think about or maybe they do painting a room colors can influence their emotion and intense emotion we are biochemical batteries. And our emotions put off energy. That's where your aura comes from. Mm -hmm. Just like if, you know, if you go all the old tube TVs, if you went up near one, you could feel static from it. We put off energy. And the color of a room over time, or depending on how bold it is, can immediately affect your energy. I mean, try spending a couple of days in a room that's bright pink. And people think, oh, it's pink. It's frilly. It's happy. No. Spend a couple of days in a bright pink room and you're gonna get angry. So you gotta watch. It 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 there's a lot. Blood red. For some people it's um it's blood red, it's evil, it's negative. And for other people it's red, it's passion, it's love. You know, it it depends on their mindset, how they see it. But it still triggers an emotion. It just mm-hmm. depends on what that emotion is.
2: Well, and I remember at that the t- time that I felt it, I, um, there were black and white p- Black and white photos hanging in there, which made the cult made them stick out even more, which is really nice. But yeah, when it's just, you know, it's the unfortunate or fortunate effect of being right across from where, you know, you're feeling things. And then, of course, it was um, near a lot of sound, you know, right above a lot of sound equipment. The uh, floor was so that didn't, you know, that's bringing in more energy from other places.
4: Try going to a hunted location on an investigation when there's a lot of activity and you need to go to the bathroom by yourself. Oh
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call pair of pals. We go together.
2: <laughs> what have been some of your favorite places
3: to oh, go gosh. to? Um there's so many. Each place has its unique energy. So it really all depends on the place and what you get there. Um, Madison, of course, is a favorite, like he said, because, you know, they know us. um, Paulding, they say our names um, because they do know us, the places that we frequent, because these are spirits that used to be people's loved ones. So they were human. They know who you are.
4: It also depends on what you're looking for. Um, Mm
3: -hmm.
4: If you're looking for personal interaction with spirits that may have th- that were once human then places like madison places like paulding um the monroe house in indiana Bel Air house um down south in ohio those are good places to go for that kind of interaction and lots yeah. of activity but there's places like hinsdale house in new york in hinsdale new york the house itself you get some of that activity some interaction Um, But outside is a completely different thing. It's nothing like in the house outside during the day. It is absolutely beautiful. It's peaceful. You could just sit out there and lounge all day. The sun sets (laughs) go back in the house because there's things in the woods that may have once been human. Maybe they still are. But um, the energy is vastly, vastly different. So it really depends. I mean, that's when you start getting into cryptids or things like that. It's amazing, too, how the shift in energy happens. But, like, going to a favorite place, if I want to be outside and investigate and have experiences of unique nature, Hines, would be my favorite.
3: The Cuyahoga Valley actually has lots of stuff going on, too.
4: It does. We used to go on, like, night ghost walks. It's the Cuyahoga National Valley, not the Summit County Metro Parks the Cayuga National Valley most of the parks most of the trails are open 24/7 you can go any time and depending on where you go you get activity you can you got to we got to understand too that when the canals were being built people died and were just left and buried
3: there's supposedly a body per mile
2: i i believe that just seeing how they were built yeah um now i know my newspaper crew will laugh at me but my other co-hosts, uh, podcasting co host will be right up there with me. Have you had any encounters you talked about, like with Bigfoot in the in the area? Uh, you talked about in the um in not, sorry, my words are crossing all over each other. I know exactly okay. what you mean. Yes.
3: No, not that we well
4: not with Bigfoot per se or Squatch per se, but. Again, at Hinsdale, when we were there with, we were still on the Ectovision Paranormal team. We had a campfire going out in the back. We were sitting around back, you know, taking breaks from investigating. And I'm a person who doesn't sleep very well. You know, I I have to have certain conditions and I'll sleep. Otherwise, I don't sleep. I literally, unconscious, sitting in a chair around the fire, passed out cold. And Amber... And one of our other teammates, Sean, who used to be on this team with us, they had an encounter with something uh, using a thermal.
3: No, actually, I had a flashlight because I want to see what's around me when I'm outside in the dark and I'm shining it all around. And I saw something up the hill. I thought it was a deer at first.
4: White eyes shine from the light.
3: Yeah, it had white almond eyes and it like it was crouching down instead of laying down like a deer would, and it, like, stood up and, like, leaned forwards, and I was like, oh, no. (laughs)
4: Yeah, that's (laughs) not a deer.
3: That's
2: higher than a deer will
3: be. (laughs) I was ready to run, and Sean's waving sticks, and he's like, well, that's what you do, because it, like, looked like it was going to come down the hill at us, and we're just standing there and watching this thing, and it acted like it was going to come down, but it just walked off, with not making any noise or anything, it, walking into the brush, it should have made noise. Nothing.
4: We went on a like public ghost hunt a couple of years ago with our current team. And there was like, what, a five mile hike into the woods at night? Yeah. With somebody that was, I'll use the term professional. I don't know if there's a such thing as this, but a professional mm-hmm. Bigfoot hunter. And they went to certain locations and were doing calls and trying to get reactions, but nothing happened. It was an interesting walk. It was a long walk, but it was interesting because I had never been in that part of the area before. I don't remember it was in
3: Kent. Towners right? Woods.
4: Towners Woods. My favorite
3: place to hike. Um there's an actually a Native American burial ground there too from the Hopewell Indians.
4: Yeah, there's a there's a mound.
3: So, yeah, it's an interesting place. And they say that there is Bigfoot activity there, but there were a bunch of us. So um,
4: there was a yeah. there was a large group of us. So trying to get a reaction probably was not going to happen.
2: Yeah, I did one in Honking Hills once that was wrong about the same thing. But we had like three different groups of people. Yeah. Wandering through the woods at the same time. So,
3: yeah, they're not going to come. Hey, I'm here yeah. <laughs> with that going on. So,
2: right. when do, you said some people ask you, how do people usually get a hold of you um, if, you know, they're, if they're having issues and they want you to investigate what's going on?
3: Our Facebook page, um, they can message us there. And we, I usually message back. Um, We have extensive questions that we ask because there's a lot that goes into our home investigations. Um, It's not just, Oh, okay. your house is haunted. Let's go there. Um, So, you know, we ask, you know, when's the last time you updated your electricity? You know, mental health matters. Um, So we do ask extensive questions that can become a little invasive. But um, and we can sometimes make things worse and we just want to be, you know, let you know, hey, we're coming in. And, you know,
4: we try to rule out anything the logical What could be causing this Mm -hmm. before we just jump in and say, you're haunted. you got spirits. You need to clean it out because a lot, there are times where that's not the case at all. Um, We went to a woman's apartment and the apartment building she was in, there were only four apartments that was attached to another building that used to be a funeral home. And there was activity in the building, but the activity was, where it was supposed to be. It was quiet. And if we began to investigate, we were going to stir things up. So we didn't want to go that route with it. And after talking to her, a lot of the activity going on was more attached to her personal, not the location. But there was a lot of other questions. And like Amber said, when we go in for the initial interview, there's there's a lot of, we get personal. We want to know what's going on, you know, not just with the home But with the people living there, Mm -hmm. I have family members that take medication that if they took too much of it can cause hallucinations. So but it's also simple things like old homes with unshielded wiring can cause EMF that filter through your entire home. And And the electromagnetic field caused by your power box can cause headaches, nausea, in some cases, hallucinations. There's a lot of things you have to take into account.
3: Yeah, it can cause a lot. It can make you very sick if it's not taken care of. So we do a um, a sweep before we start, you know, investigating if it could be paranormal. And
2: just by doing that, that yeah, that could clear up, you know. Oh, hey, you need to go do this. And
4: yeah, I used to. I, I can. I've built structures and homes and done that kind of work before. I'm not a home inspector, but I have enough knowledge that I can walk in and. You Know well, this door closes and I don't, it, it opens and closes by itself. Well, does it do it when somebody opens this door? Well, I don't know. Well, let's try it. Well, there's your <laughs> answer you're causing a vacuum to happen, things like that.
2: And I can see on the other end, too. Like you're saying, if it's focused only on that one person, you know, you don't want to go through an apartment that's attached to a funeral home and you know, stir things up when well, there's also
4: times where. There's activities in a home, but only when certain people are there. When they're not there, nothing happens. So, And that may not be a spirit or something else. That could be
3: them. Yeah.
4: They may have abilities that they're unaware of.
3: Mm-hmm. Or denying. Right. <laughs> a lot of people deny if they, ha- they have abilities because they don't want to seem weird or, you know, seem out of place, things like that. So, or they're afraid of it. Yeah. Or, or there's religious
4: reasons why they don't want to do any of this. They don't want anything to do with it. And there are ways to shut it off, but it's difficult.
2: Do you have any tips for people um, when, you know, that when they think that it's something like that? Well. Uh, that if it's, you know, it could be them or they think something's in the house, but they're not sure.
4: Most people are not going to realize if they're the one doing it or not. They're probably not even going to realize that, you know, they're going to think there's activity in their home. And not realize that it's with them or that there's something going on or if there is activity in the home or not. Um,
3: Unless somebody calls them out on it and they're like, well, this only happens when you're here. Then they'll start to realize when they go different places. Other than that, they won't know.
4: Yeah, they won't. But I mean, when people think that they have activity in their homes, it would be reach out and contact somebody. Don't. People will go through when they think that if they get like sage or something like that and run through their house with it, it'll take care of it. And in some cases, it'll quiet it down. But in other cases, you're honestly going to make something angry because you're not doing it correctly or you don't you're just doing it with the intention of go away. Um, uh, Here's an example. Let's say you've got a family who had a grandparent pass away. And the grandparent has a message they want to give before they cross over. And you're sitting here waving sage and stuff. Go away, spirit. Go away, spirit. If you're trying to tell somebody, hey, I want to tell you something. Hey, I want to tell you something. And you're just ignoring them or making them go away. You're going to get upset. Things are going to start happening. You may get something moving on the counter or a door slamming when it's just somebody trying to give a message. And once that message is given, they move on. So be mindful. Of what's going on in your home, it could be somebody just trying to communicate with you. I tell people, if you hear your name or you hear a voice, just acknowledge it. I I hear you. If you got a message, let me have it. And then they move on. If there's more things happening, or I'll dare to say aggressive, Mm
3: -hmm.
4: reach out and contact somebody. Go talk to your pastor. Talk to a paranormal group. We're on, you know, find us on Facebook, something like that.
2: Okay, and you say if anyone wants to reach out to you guys, you can find you. They can find you on Facebook. Yes. And that's the best
4: way to get a hold of us. Um, we the chat we all have it on our phones and everything. So that's that's the <laughs> that is honest. We used to have a website. I still do, but took the URL down. So but the site is still there. Um, we had a phone for a while dedicated to the team, and it never got calls. People would message
2: us on yeah, Facebook. So. Um that and it just that works the best., cool. I hope, Uh. and you said you do have uh you've got a tour coming up you said uh, Friday the, Friday, yeah, yep, Friday
4: at the uh, Lake County Historical Society. I'm sure they've got a site. I'm not sure what it is. I think tickets have to be bought in advance, but that money, we like doing things like that because all the money that they raise for that little tour, that little ghost um public ghost hunt, Goes back into the location, mm-hmm. so 100% of it back to the location, and they've done some miraculous things. That place is beautiful, and it keeps improving every year.
2: Well, I am a librarian, so I completely understand <laughs> that. That yeah, if anytime you have you have the funds to preserve history and preserve information
3: you would love that place then, because there is so much history there um one of the facts one of my favorite things about that building is that there is an elephant buried there somewhere on the property from way back when when pt barnum was traveling through and one of their elephants passed away they had nowhere to put nowhere to where do you bury an elephant Yeah. so it is somewhere on the property i haven't found it yet but i want to i want to find out where it is so um That's one of my uh, one of my goals. Um, We help with this event every year and there's different um, tour, different there's different groups that you go on. There's like four or five different groups and um, we lead one of them. And I absolutely love the history. There is beautiful. They have all the old artifacts there and they're just trying to preserve everything. And
4: that's one of the reasons not just with doing, you know, helping out with the public ghost hunt, but even going to some of these locations. Um, is because the money they raise from people coming in and doing their private ghost hunts goes back into the locations mm-hmm. to preserve it. So going on flashlight tours and public ghost hunts, or even paying for the private ones, um, we love doing that just to
2: help the location. Yeah, uh, and I know, and I because we've got one here coming up in a couple of weeks at the court Cultural Center that Parks and Rec is uh charging forward has put money back into i've been there yeah
3: i've been there
2: i know i know there's there's got to be something in there i've come across a couple times where there's just there's a random door in there that's just brick built brick wall
3: right behind it
2: mm-hmm. no one knows why no one found out but there's just a random door with a brick wall behind it
3: are you doing that with spectral hunters uh no that's parts
2: and rec running it. i don't know who mm-hmm. they're doing it with OK, but I know I've, you know, walked through the building so many times that found like there's this building, there's stuff, there's something going on.
3: <laughs> Anytime you go anywhere like that or you're just spending time in a building, run your recorder and ask questions and yeah. see what you get.
4: Your phone is a voice recorder and you can turn it on and re- just walk around and, you know, ask questions. Hey, is anybody here? And then go back and listen to it later. You might catch something. Then again, you might not. I've sat yeah. and listened to hours and hours of audio with nothing.
3: <laughs> we sit in the dark a lot for hours talking to ourselves.
4: <laughs> but if you don't do it,
2: you don't learn.
3: Right.
4: And yeah. when you do get responses, that's when it's worth it. Makes it all worth it.
2: Well, Amber, Chris, thank you for talking to me today. And, we, and I hope that even if you don't have you know something spectral happening you go check out check out your group and check out the uh it was the exo vision yes ExoVision
4: Ecto. yes. yes. paranormal on youtube
2: yes uh so thank you and i uh again uh we'll talk to everyone next
3: time thank you for having us
2: Cast is a production of the Falls Free Press in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Please check out the Falls Free Press at fallsfreepress.com or on social media at facebook.com slash fallsfreepress. We thank you for listening to this episode, which was recorded and edited by Bart Sullivan. Please subscribe to our podcast and tell your call to Falls Friends and Family so they can listen as well. Sorry, <laughs> right, um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I meant. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Which one? Um. sorry <laughs> right, Later, in, talking about the uh, organic waste, I wrote straw, hay, mines, cornstalk.
0: Mines.
2: <laughs> mines.
1: I mean, it's a good place to to put the mimes, but
0: not mines. <laughs> oh, mine. Mom. M I N E, like, you know. Oh, I was
1: thinking mimes.
0: (laughs) Oh, maybe that's what you meant. I don't know.